welcome once again, listener, to another edition of Footy from the Foot, the podcast coming to you live from the home of uh, football in San Diego, the Bluefoot Neighbourhood Bar and Lounge, uh, which sits in the heart of San Diego's glittering North Park. I'm your co-host, Paul Hutchinson, and I am joined, as ever, to my right, by the Director of Football here at Bluefoot, Rod Stiles. How are you, sir? I'm really good, Paul. How are you today? I'm pretty good, yeah. I'm uh, bearing up. So, yeah, I'm uh, looking forward to the England game on on Friday, but uh, we'll probably get to that at some point. Here's what we'll try and get through, if we can. Uh, We'll look back at the weekend of Premier League and Bundesliga football that uh, involved our uh, clubs here at Bluefoot. Um, it's International Week, so we'll preview s- some of the games. Um, I-, I know it's perhaps not uh, kind of uh, our uh, purview normally, but um, we have a guest, uh, which we pre-recorded a uh, interview with uh, Luis uh, from the SD Gunas, co-founder no less, and uh, he's going to tell us a little bit about uh, the state of his uh, club, as well as publicising a bit more of the, the Bluefoot Thanksgiving food drive. And then to finish, we've got uh, a probably more extended uh, A or B than normal. And uh, yeah, get, get into little bits and bobs about football that's uh, made us happy this week. So, if everyone's ready, um, yeah, we'll get on with it. As always, we want you to get involved. Uh, footyfromthefoot at gmail.com. And we are on all the social medias at footyfromfoot. And you can access all of our podcasts from previous weeks on soundcloud.com slash footyfromthefoot. Uh, tell your friends, um, we have a website as well, which is footyfromthefoot.com. Lovely. All right, um, well, let's get into it then. The very early game, which is probably a blessing, I think. So early, I can't remember it, Paul. <laughs> it was in the dead of night, just as well, because uh, your Tottenham Hotspur, um, they lost 3 nothing away at Brighton. Yeah, so yeah, after the 7-2 calamity at uh, home to Bayern Munich, you know, you expect the Spurs to come out of the traps really quick, hammer Brighton for real 4-0. No, two minutes in, Lloris makes a complete clanger, breaks his elbow nearly, or discolates it, I should say. We go one down, lose the game 3-0, and yeah, worst game I've ever seen Spurs play. No passion, no forward thinking. Even Kane had a shot, he was wide open on goal, he puts it wide and high. It's, yeah kind of summed up the whole day. I think Lucas Moura came on on the 67th minute and had 73% of our shots on goal. Oof. Wow. Yeah, I, I saw the third goal looked pretty easy. It was just a pump up to the the, uh, the front man and I think, I think it was Alderweireld who was trying to prevent him from getting a shot off and it just didn't happen, did it? Time to go, guys, you know what I mean? But fair play and, and you know... Well done, Mr. Connolly. You know, young lad coming, making his debut, scored two cracking goals as well. Yeah. Fair play right. to him, do you know what I mean? Both of our Bundesliga teams played at 6.30. Um, Bayern Munich lost for the first time in the league uh, to Hoffenheim. And uh, yeah, lost 2-1. Dortmund weren't able to actually capitalise on that because they only drew 2-2 with Freiburg. So there's lots going on there, um, especially at Dortmund. They can't get it together in the league at all. Not they? at all, not so. at all, yeah. But uh, so hopefully, I mean, because that's kind of my team, really, Dortmund. I, you know, they're a young team, exciting to watch. So I hope they get it together. As I said last week, I think the Tottenham Hotspur of Germany at the moment. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, In three o'clock kickoffs, we had Burnley versus Everton, and Everton badly needed a win, and they didn't get one. In fact, they lost one nil, which is the most Burnley score of all time. Yeah, Everton in bottom three now as well. So lots of pressure. Yeah, uh, Norwich versus Villa, and this felt like the Villas, they kicked their season off, I think, with uh, with this win. Away from home, 5-1, uh, Norwich absolutely had their asses handed to them, 
and uh, some really good goals too from Villa. Lovely goals, yeah. Yeah, so I'm sure there's some very happy Villa fans here. Totally, yeah. We had a good crowd as well for the Villa game, so they were very happy. But yeah, Norwich, worrying times for them actually. Yeah, well they're another uh, team, I think they're uh, second from bottom, aren't they, at the minute? So, And that brings us on nicely to Watford, who are rock bottom. And uh, we gave very little time to that uh, when we previewed it last week, and we were right to do so because this was zip zip, and uh, yeah, and nothing much more to say about no. it than well, that. I think. Well done to Watford for keeping a clean sheet. <laughs> yes, they. Got. Ironically, Spurs <laughs> played them next. <laughs> well, way to uh, yeah take the positive side of that game, excellent stuff. And the final game at, uh, at three o'clock was. Liverpool versus Leicester, which was meant to be the the uh, game of the week, and Liverpool were extraordinarily lucky to get a very very last minute pen uh, in fairly dubious circumstances too. I think. Will they ever lose a game again? <laughs> I, it doesn't appear so. That uh, yeah, the, the, the gods are, are making sure that they get to play United to uh, break this record. It seems so. Uh, I think that's coming up pretty soon. I think it might be next, next game. Next game, yeah. Old Trafford. All right. On Saturday, the late game at 9.30 was West Ham versus Palace. And this was a proper like Hodgson away win where um, basically had two shots on goal and they won it 2-1. Uh, yeah, Townsend made a difference going on. And it was nice to see that VAR um, made a positive impact on the game where uh, an offside goal had been ruled on the field and then uh, went to VAR and was overturned and became a goal. Yeah, completely onside as well. I mean, so yeah, nice to see actually coming in and working. Yeah, it, well, there said. was two offside decisions that it needed to make in the same play. So it took a little longer than it would normally, and I think the crowd were getting a bit restless, um, but the right decision was actually made, and a positive decision from VAR. Just so. shows how incredibly the, the Premiership is shaping up this season. It seems to be Liverpool and then the rest at this moment in time. Even Manchester City have lost two games. West Ham were towered for top four. Everton were towered for top four. Everton are now in the bottom three. West Ham can't win at home to Palace. I think Palace are in the top four again now. So well, that's it. It's yeah. an ab- and Manchester United are 13th. Villa, all of a sudden, they're out of the relegation zone. Like, um, Wolves on the back of their win. Uh, suddenly, they're in 11th. Uh, so, it, it, doesn't, it just shows no. that you just need to get a bit of a run together and yeah. you start getting up that table. It's great. This season's crazy. Moving on to Sunday, which was a lot of fun at Bluefoot. Oh. Uh, at 6 o'clock, we had both games running concurrently. We had Arsenal versus Bournemouth. Arsenal scored pretty early on whilst they were on top. But kind of were hanging on a little bit by the end. Yeah, Bournemouth quite easily could have drawn that game. But uh, they, yeah, they didn't. Clean sheet kept and three points for Arsenal. Like I said, they move into third. At the same time, in the back room, there was a another Bluefoot derby. This time between City and Wolves. And that was Brilliant. a lot of fun. Because <laughs> we feared the worst a little bit, didn't we, with them playing away in Turkey yeah. before that. A great win, by the way, against Besiktas 1-0. But as Big Sam might have put it, Nuno out-tactics Pep, didn't he? Totally. So, yeah. Um, yeah, and credit, and two exactly the same goals. <laughs> Brilliant. Was, yeah, breakaway. So yeah. They, they kept it nice and tight at the back. Two breakaway goals. It was absolute clinic uh, from Nuno there. But also City, look a different team uh, if um, De Bruyne's not playing. And he's not back for a couple of weeks, so that might be fairly worrying. Yeah, terrible at the back. I mean, not terrible at the back, but they just shows how weak they are at the back. Mm-hmm. With Lepore and 13. Stones. Stones, is, Stones is missing, yeah. So Otamendi. Yeah, he, totally, yeah. He couldn't stop um, Raul getting through there, could he? Uh, no, correct, yeah. And, uh, Eight points of difference already. Gave him, yeah, gave him the old Megs and put through uh, Triori for the first goal there, which was pretty pretty great to see. The, the funny thing was, though, at uh, Bluefoot was um, the Spanish 
language commentary um, channel was showing the game like 80 seconds ahead of the, the English speaking channel uh, <laughs> English language channel and so uh, when the first goal went in nobody said anything they, just there's a whole migration of people coming in to watch it with the <laughs> and stood with the Wolves fans, fans <laughs> Uh, which was pretty fantastic, uh, but it was all taken in good good faith. Very funny. Um, and then I think towards the end, people merged into the other room to try and uh, catch the game as live rather than the 80-second lag that seems to be happening on the yeah. NBC thing for some reason. But anyway. The City fans shortened their uh, pain a little bit by going into the other room. <laughs> yeah, they kind of, uh, yeah, they saw into the future uh, by moving into the room. There, so, yeah. <laughs> And then to round the whole uh, weekend off, there was the, the oh, I don't know what it, you describe it as, but Newcastle beat uh, United 1-0. And, well, lads. Uh, and you were correct. You said that, uh, that they might struggle, um, United. I thought it might be the game that uh, Ollie got it going, but uh, yeah, you, you were correct. <laughs> I think as Tottenham are in such a demise at the moment, it's kind of nice to have a bed chum in Manchester United. Take the heat off me a little bit, do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Well, back in the day, United were always like the team that you couldn't rule out. Right, even to the very last second, you couldn't, like, oh, they're, they're going to get something out of something here. Paul, they're so poor at the moment. It's, it's, they were lucky to get zero. So. You look at the team sheet as well, Paul, on the bench, and it's it's not Manchester. This didn't look threatening, did they, at all? And uh, the uh, there was two, the two Longstaff brothers played, and uh, the, the youngest of those uh, got a goal. A yeah. really good one, too. On it? his debut. So... Um, Superb. <laughs> a very fun Sunday down here. It so. was fun. And obviously the big one was uh, Bolton playing Blackpool. It was a nil-all snorefest. I, my, my brother went, uh, yeah, I asked him whether that was a thriller and I did not get a reply. My apologies for anybody that uh, stuck through 90 minutes of that stuff. Well, we'll take a quick break there and then we'll have a look at some of the uh, international games. There's a lot going on, but uh, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll pick out a couple of highlights. Welcome back. We'll have a look at some of the international games going on. There are two rounds of uh, qualifiers for Europe. Um, as well as CONCACAF Nations League stuff happening. So on Thursday, which is probably that will already have happened, but uh, the Netherlands are playing Northern Ireland, and that's a big game, that, because Northern Ireland actually doing pretty well in that. They're game. doing really well. They should have beaten Germany last time out as well. A very unfortunate defeat. Yeah. But um, Holland, look, Netherlands, sorry, look, they look a really good resurgent team and a team that possibly could take the championship next year. Yeah. Well, if uh, Netherlands win, there'll be three teams level on points in the top group C. Yep. Uh, so with Germany as well. So that's worth keeping an eye on. Um, but Mike, like I said, it's probably um, <laughs> already have happened by the time you listen to this. Mm. Germany actually blew a two-goal lead yesterday against Argentina in Germany. Mm. Um, Argentina looked really good as well at times. Oh, really? Great, great football. All right, on Friday then, um, Iceland play uh, France again. It's quite tight at the top with Turkey in Group H. And then the Czech Republic play England. Now, I don't think we're meant to call it Czech Republic anymore. Is it like Ch- Czechia, I think we're meant to call it? It's been promoted as Czech Republic, so yeah. I'm not sure if it's official yet, but um could be a potential boiler house game this, with the fans. So Yeah, England are playing also in uh, Bulgaria, and so that the, the talk before the game has been about um, whether or not they'll walk off if there is any racial abuse they'll encounter in, in these two countries. So here's hoping that, uh, then, you know, that they don't encounter any of that rubbish. So, um, no, and the Bulgarian manager today has come out and said England should be sanctioned for what they're doing as well, what they're actually potentially going to do. Okay. So well, very, the, yeah. thing, the thing about it is that England are pretty much 
qualified for this and it might be just a great statement just to say yeah f you men we're off and uh, yeah sort your crap out and uh, you know but also taking a high line on that you know if, if you know you've got to make sure that uh, your house is in order also so for sure yeah and i mean even this weekend the villa fans were doing a horrible charm which the club i have to say have jumped on incredibly quickly which is cool yeah but yeah everybody's house is a little bit in disarray with this sort of thing um racism's weird it's really ugly head i it never even went away i don't think but yeah. I don't know if it's legal for them to actually walk off. The, the worry is they might get kicked out of the whole tournament. So okay, well you know. But then you have I to make a stand. I can't see that happening. I've no. got to say that they'll not. Not on this about. subject. Then the USA are playing Cuba and Bermuda are playing Mexico in the Concacaf Nations, which is a little bit like the Euro Nations from last year, uh, with a t- three-tiered structure. Uh, it's a brand new thing for this year. And so they're playing in those games on Saturday and Sunday. There's nothing really of particular notes, I've got to say. Snooze first. <laughs> um, but on Monday, like I said, uh, England are in Bulgaria. And also the Ukraine play Portugal at the top of Group B. And France versus Turkey at the top of Group H. So well done. Keep an eye out on those. And then finally on Tuesday, uh, Spain and Sweden, they, they play each other and they are... Uh, one and two in Group F, so uh, that should also be a fairly decent game. There you go. So there you go. Those are some things that uh, caught my eye, um, and uh, yeah, pick the bones out of that. Really, we'll come back. Uh, we've got uh, an interview that we did last night with Luis, who is the co-founder of the San Diego Gunners. Hi, Luis. Okay. Hey, Rod. How you doing? Hi. Go Tottenham! Uh-huh. <laughs> I got some nuggets for you today, buddy. Oh, I bet you have. <laughs> this is uh, these are all DVD extras, by the way. Yeah. 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 <laughs> oh, awesome, awesome. <laughs> we are delighted to have on the line uh, Luis, who is the co-founder of the San Diego Gunners, no less, and he is uh, in Monterey as we speak. I know he's very busy up there. So, uh, Luis, how are you doing? Doing great. Yeah, it's been halfway through a full work week in dreadful Monterey, let me tell you. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, it's, it's pretty <laughs> great. It's pretty awesome. I can't I can't lie. It's it's <laughs> like an, All right. So why are you an Arsenal fan? Oh boy. Yeah, I've been asking myself that for Can for I answer it? <laughs> <laughs> I well your answer is probably a lot shorter than mine. And, <laughs> <laughs> But I'll give you the uh, short version of a long story. I play youth soccer, maybe like 16, 17 years old, playing club, going to all these mini camps. And we had a few uh, trainers that were uh, British boys, and they were always wearing Arsenal gear uh, to all the trainings and stuff. And so that's sort of how I learned about uh, the existence of English football. Um, because up until then, I'd only watched um, you know, the soccer that my dad did and saw Mexican League and sort of international football. Um, at what point I, I played shortly after that for a Sunday league team and, you know, we wore like cheap knockoffs of the Arsenal jersey. So, again, I became familiarized with the name uh, around 2000. By the way, can I stop you there? Cheap knockoff sounds about right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so you would be very, very familiar with what that looks like. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, more or less around 2004, 2005, I think you guys remember. PN started picking up some of the, some of the uh, early morning Saturday games um, to us uh, on the West Coast. And as long as it didn't conflict with like college football or bowling, you know, they'd throw the odd, <laughs> the odd Man United Arsenal game. So 
started seeing that more of that at some point fox soccer came into the picture and around 2006 uh there was a little game in paris uh there's some stupid competition called the Champions League. I don't care about oh, that. Right. That little one, yeah. I remember yeah. that at the time, by the way. A little competition. <laughs> yeah, yeah. A little competition that, uh, well, now we, we share the same hurt. Uh, we do indeed, dreadful, my friend. <laughs> that dreadful night in 2006 against some some small potatoes in uh, Spain called Barcelona. Yeah. Um, so after that, obviously, I was I signed up and full-fledged fan and I started going to the matches at the Shakespeare and made a few friends down there and around 2010 11ish we we wanted to sort of more or less formalize and and get make some contacts at the club you know um at least get something out of the fact that we were losing yeah. our saturday yeah, and sunday mornings like, oh. 2012 uh 13 we uh moved over to uh where rodney now directs uh, the football activities at the foot so by the way, do we have a little bet going on for this season? We do, and it's a love. Uh, I'm feeling really good about it right now. I know it is uh, <laughs> eight games uh, in, my friend. Eight games, yeah, October 9th here. So let me tell uh, listeners, uh, our bet is whoever finishes higher in the league this season, the first North London derby next year, the loser has to wear the opposing shirt. I feel kind of sick at the moment. <laughs> the table does not lie at this point. This no, season, no. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, Rodney is obviously getting the better end of this deal because if he wears an Arsenal shirt in the Arsenal bar, he might actually be liked now. Uh, whereas I, whereas <laughs> I uh, wear a Tottenham kit at the Arsenal bar, given that people know who I support. Uh, it's going to be a rough day if I have to do that. So, so I think the last time I had a, an Arsenal shirt, it was my stepdaughter's. Her first boyfriend was an Arsenal fan, oh and boy. he finished kind of hard with her. So oh, I wow. put a washing line in my garden in Milton Keynes and said, <laughs> so, <laughs> so, uh, that's where I sit right now. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I wouldn't yeah. lend him yours, Dan. I no. think he's the message there. Yes, exactly. But I will endure the bet, of course. <laughs> yes, Thank and you. I'll have a fresh Sol Campbell kit waiting for you. Well, I don't, I don't need to be here, do I? Just, <laughs> that would be a double whammy. A double whammy, by the way. You know, oh. over 20 points, then I'll do the Campbell thing. <laughs> over 20, all right. All right. There you go. There you go. Wow. Yeah, he just doubled down, I think. Wow. So how do you rate the, the, the start of the season, then, as far as Arsenal goes? Uh, you know, it's, it, it's really tough. It's fourth One maybe. point off Man City. One Come point on. off Man City. But again, it's October 9th. At the same time, so Arsenal had a run of 22 unbeaten games last year, and there was a lot of hope and a lot of positivity. Uh, but those of us that were watching the games closely and watching the performances also realized that there was a lot of flaws that the team, their credit, they were overcoming. But now we see the same flaws, um, and maybe some of the results have not quite been there. The two games that come to mind were the Watford game, uh, and obviously the the derby where you know we went down two two goals, fought um, our way back, and <laughs> you know. It, but it was one of those games where you feel re- we really should have had that. And the Aston Villa game, the Villa boys pointed out that there was some players. I guess the winning goal for Obama Yang's free kick. There was some players that if if the referees had been privy or more aware of the new laws would have 
should have been discounted. So if you put that down as a negative result as well, you really have very few good things to uh, other than our, you know, under 23s killing it in the Carabao Cup and the, you know, Europa League game. You really don't have a lot to be very positive about. Are you behind your manager at the moment? I'm behind him, but I'm holding a mallet. About okay. to hit him over the head. <laughs> so, and, and as you guys know, as your listeners probably know, the big debate right now is what the big question around Arsenal is, is what's happening with Mesut Ozil. Um, it's very obvious that he's fit, he's healthy. Um, and midway through last season, this manager made it very clear that he he doesn't include him in his plans. He's not really a part of his setup. And and that's another question. What is his setup? What is his plan? And he's right in the club with wages. And, and he's the highest paid player right. at the club. And yeah. I think he's top three in England for earnings as well. So there's a big, right. big debate going on right now at the club. And he's really a, another bad result away from the hot seat. And, and, you know, we jokingly called that Man United game another one that we should have really won. We were calling it El Sakico as well, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, given the recent results, there's, uh, you know, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer Sush, and Pochettino are probably a little bit closer to that now, but yeah. I think you yeah. have a coach there, by the way, speaking as a Tottenham fan, and I think you have a good coach there who can actually progress you a little bit if he puts a little faith in the youth that he's got there. A youthful side is yeah. unbelievable. Yeah, you've, yeah. Got, you've got yeah a lot of uh, really good youngsters coming through there. Is there anybody that uh, you particularly pick out as, as something that you're excited about? Yeah, so, um, well, he's a player that uh, plays in the first team as well. But the, the one player, I think, you ask any Arsenal fan who's a young player that you're really excited about right now, there's only one answer. It's Matteo Guendouzi, a uh, 20-year-old French midfielder who's just absolutely taken over the midfield general role. And in spite of Shaka's bad performances <laughs> and Torreira's bad positioning, or because of the manager's instructions, is absolutely doing it for us, game in, game out. You see it where the two, the other two midfield players are out of position. He's constantly mopping up, and there's times where he's the one that has to drive the ball forward. So as far as improvement and maturity and excited, I mean, there's him. There's Bukayo Saka, who's played wide. He played in a great game against uh, Man United. Um, he's played. He's had some great games um, in the Europa League as well. He's showed off some skill. And with young players, you you kind of you get excited when you see them running quickly with the ball, making quick passes. But with this young player, Buka Yusaka, what, what I've noticed is, is his work rate and his attention to defending. Because a lot of young attacking just want to attack. They want to be on the highlight reel doing step overs and, and, and doing all these fancy tricks, but Buki Osaka is, early on has established his work ethic. And oh, club captain, by the way. Uh, this is the, the the one of the choices that I'm more disappointed about from from Emery. Um, be, just because of what my idea of a club captain is. Um, okay, it, can it, I stop it, you there? Can I stop yeah. you? Yeah. let yeah. the players choose the captain. Do you think the manager or the coach, I should say? should choose the captain or do you think it should be the players i i think that that a lot of that depends on the environment inside of the dressing room which to be fair we none of us really have an inside scoop of what that is all we're totally, doing is totally what we see on the pitch and um i think if the players chose shaka that says a lot about yeah, totally but you know judging by what i see on the pitch uh, it makes me feel like the manager picked him because yeah. if you see if you see what Shaka does on the pitch, 
you realize how do other players trust him? That's it's hard for yeah. me to believe that a player who's so prone to rash and horrible decisions would be what I played. I'm not saying I was a world beater or anything, uh, but if I saw a player like that on my team, that's the last kind of uh, guy I would take <laughs> instructions from. That's the last guy I'm going to listen to for or sure. Look, look for, for support sure. from uh, when we need it the most. What What do you think his actual best position is? Is I've heard that he's good off the front two, but he's been played almost like as a defensive midfielder. Is that, is that, is that like a problem there, perhaps? Or uh, yeah, I think his positioning, uh, the the position that he's asked to play, um, can be demand uh, could be uh, wrong for his skill set. So I, I right. believe there, there's, yeah. there's players that are great, but you put them in the wrong position and they're horrible. Uh, when Chaka can play between, this might sound weird, but between the defensive deep-lying midfielder and the attacking midfielder, mm-hmm. so more of like a diamond formation, if he can play there, I think he can be really effective because he has really good passing range on the long-range yeah. passes, and he can be quite calm in possession at times when you need him to be, but... When you're when you're asking them to defend against attacking midfielders that are half his size and got twice the speed, uh, his skill set's not built for that. He's not athletic. He's not uh, agile enough, and and he makes very rash decisions, as displayed in in the derby and in other games this season where he's, you know, made okay. rash. He's one yellow away from a suspension, and it's wow already. Yeah. Okay, Louise, so what would be a good um, end-of-season result for you? Where would you like to finish? Well, I mean, yeah, top four is, is the ultimate goal this season and has been really? for a few seasons now, uh, whether that is through the Europa League uh, backstreets uh, or through, you know, Main Road, uh, fourth or third place. Um, I Finishing think Scotland would be a good thing, though. <laughs> well, yeah, that, I mean, we'll, we'll be happy. I mean, we miss St. Tottering's Day, you know, the, the flags and all that. For years, by the way. <laughs> uh, our, our mugs have been getting a little dusty uh, from the last uh, celebration. By the way, we drank Newcastles all day that day because it was just <laughs> it was a classic meltdown. It was the worst day of my life. Yeah. I was actually working in a bar downtown as a chef, and I came out and said, hey, Nicole, we're free one down. She said, no, it's five. <laughs> and I just went... Fuck you to my wife. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what is, the league what? over. The last thing I had was to finish above Arsenal for the first time in 23 years, I think. Mm-hmm. I didn't even do that. Mm-hmm. Oh, dear. But yeah. for the last three years, we have, so go away. <laughs> <laughs> okay, <laughs> let's talk about something nice now. Um, so, um, we're going to kind of round off. Uh, I did want to bring up the, the, the Bluefoot. Uh, Thanksgiving food drive, and I know that you're like the the, the person behind all of that. Do you want to talk a little, a little bit about uh, how people can uh, get involved? Sure, yeah, and and thanks for um, giving me a few minutes to uh, kind of break it down. So nope. a few nope. few years ago, um, we started a food drive, um, and we really wanted to hone in on on fam- needy families in San Diego because St. Vincent de Paul does a lot of uh, outreach for the homeless, and they do the big kitchen on Thanksgiving, but uh, we really wanted to put something together that benefit families that have kind of been struggling. And the it's a big uh, lift for families that are struggling to put together a, a full Thanksgiving meal. You know, we put it together and the packages 
uh, when you include all the food and, and everything, you get up to 100 120 bucks for, for just a family of four or five. So that's what we do. We collect canned foods. Uh, we collect monetary donations. Um, and we weekend and the days leading up to Thanksgiving, we put them together and then deliver them a few days. Because of the turkey needing a, a day or two to thaw, we try to get them done at the latest, the Tuesday of Thanksgiving. And we're, we're bringing in all the groups from the Bluefoot to sort of participate. And uh, yeah, this is something me and a buddy of mine started a few, uh, few years ago. Uh, each year we've been able to help about eight families. I think one year we did like oh. 10. I have the goal of, of doing 20 families. Yeah, I think we can. And yeah. it, it's just great when you drop off the package and you see the excitement on people's faces and, and you realize, you know, some of these packages, I, I've had, there's families that are living out of motels and you realize, wow, I, I really do have it. You know, I, it's not so bad. And, no. and it feels good to help people in need, especially uh, when you're trying to have a uh, celebration, at least, you know, a Thanksgiving celebration with your family. So and that's what it's all about. So, yeah, please, everybody who's bring your food packages to the food book, they'll be stored nicely and and distributed. Anybody wants to help distribute the packages, please. And there's also there's lots of people now watch their football at the Blue Foot, so I think hopefully yeah. everyone's going to get behind that. And, and in the in the past years, we've had people just make straight up cash donations. Of, yeah. You know, any any of the batches of Blue Foot, if you go or uh, the Arsenal games, if you find myself um, or Rodney, I'm the drunken one outside. Um, mm-hmm. Rodney's the the one behind the bar, and and you want to sort of make your monetary donation to them directly. You're welcome to. We have a Venmo set up. Um, right. called Bluefoot uh, hyphen Thanksgiving. Um, if you feel like sending your donation over that way, uh, we also have a PayPal and we'll be publishing a site soon where you, all the information, all the uh, contents of the packages. So, you know, more or less what kind of canned foods we're looking for uh, uh, will be on the website. So and we'll share it to the Bluefoot as well. And yeah, here, here as well. Uh, put, yeah. Put Amazing. All of yeah. The, this, uh, put that all on the social media things and, um, yeah, let's get it out there as, as wide as possible and, uh, yeah, get behind it. All right. Well, Luis, thank you so much. I know that you're busy. Thank you, there. Luis. And, uh, yeah, uh, thank you so much for, uh, yeah, taking the time out to uh, yeah, talk yeah. to us about uh, Arsenal. Can I just say my favourite anti-Arsenal moment was Naeem scoring for a real sociedad. <laughs> you get to make a repost on that. Yeah. I, think is, uh, I love you. Is there anything, any, any anti Spurs uh, that uh, you uh, need to get off your chest? Is it? Um, I mean, we only have a few minutes, right? I, I don't want. Yeah. You guys are gonna have to, you know, pay for more time on iTunes. I'm not sure what you guys do. Use SoundCloud, so I don't know. They might, they might charge you a premium for, Sorry, for how long that connection, would Louise. <laughs> <laughs> going, you're going through a tunnel. You're breaking up. Yeah, yeah, you're breaking up. <laughs> <laughs> no, th- thanks a lot for having me on, guys. I, like I said, it's, it was a bit of a long time coming. I, w- I was hoping to, to get on the podcast. Yeah, you I love this. Well, yeah. In person. Yeah. In person. Yeah, yeah, in person next time. <laughs> so, smack smack Roger in the face. <laughs> I, can't, I can't do it through the phone as much as I would love to, but uh, yeah, next time I'm in person, that way I can love yeah, you, man. grab him. <laughs> love you too, Roddy. Thanks you, a lot. Man. Okay, well, thanks again to uh, Luis uh, for being willing to uh, spend some time with us, and also, if you fancy spending uh, or having a little uh, chat with us, please get in touch. Uh, we'll be, yeah, we're very much open to, uh, to, to suggestions of who to have on our uh, on our little show here. For sure. 
All right, just some uh, any other business. A few more bits and pieces than we would normally uh, do because it's uh, international break and uh, yeah, there's a bit more time to do so. Our uh, FA Cup curse—it's unbelievable, really. Uh, we can't root for anybody. So <laughs> St Albans—they uh, lost four-one um, at, at Weymouth. So Weymouth are of the uh, National League South, and they've drawn Dover Athletic in the National League. Um, in the final qualifying round of the FA Cup, so could this be the time that? Come uh, on, Weymouth, <laughs> that, please! But uh, for the love of God! So I think this is the, the round where the National League teams first um, enter the competition. So anyway, best of luck, Weymouth, uh, on that. Again in the FA Cup uh, qualifying rounds, Whitby Town, um, who a team very close to my heart, I've actually seen Whitby Town play. Um, I used to go on family holidays at Whitby. Great fish and chips. <laughs> oh, they really are. Um, oh, yeah, now I'm hungry. I, let's just take a moment there to, uh, <laughs> to think. I think about they them. cook them in beef dripping as well, which makes all the difference. <laughs> Lord. Yeah, no, they're, they're absolutely delicious. Uh, they're through to the uh, final qualifying round of the FA Cup after beating Gloucester three-one away. They only had fourteen fit players. Three of those were goalkeepers, and they ended up with one of the goalkeepers. Um, up front for them. Stuart Pierce, the manager. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yeah, drawing his inspiration from Psycho there. Yeah, but uh, the uh, the uh, the Whitby Town Twitter feed said that uh, yeah the keeper had finished up front and luckily that his chin wasn't miraculously offside, which I thought was quite fun- <laughs> quite funny. So, and Whitby go on to play Stourbridge in the next round of the FA Cup. There was a match between Al Nazar and El Fateh in the Saudi League. Paul's had a lot of time on his hands oh, this week, by the way. Yeah, because I've, I've been absolutely <laughs> mining all of this stuff. Um, so there's more VAR controversy when <laughs> some one idiot... It's making it out. <laughs> one idiot um, unplugged the VAR device to charge up his mobile phone. <laughs> They're like, what, is this thing on? Like, what's wrong with this thing? But some idiot had uh, charged his phone up instead. I wish they'd done that unless they went on and played there. <laughs> oh, dear, oh, dear. So, yeah, no, these are, all, again, signs of the apocalypse um, is, yeah, when VAR is <laughs> undone by <laughs> someone on few on his phone. Zlatan has had a statue uh, unveiled in his honour in his hometown of Malmo uh, and it's actually pretty good. Like Usually these... Bronze I like statues, the Ronaldo one. <laughs> uh, that's it. Usually these are pretty pretty ropey affairs, aren't they? Uh, if, if anybody has any other sort of sporting uh, um, statues, I collect them. I Honestly, I love statues doing stuff. So, uh, yeah, if you've... Uh, you remember the Michael Jackson <laughs> That's right, yeah, Fulham. Fulham. That's oh somewhere else now, though, that, isn't it? Yeah, I, I think... Yeah, I don't know where that's <laughs> but gone, so, but they took it down so as soon bad. as... Well, they took it down as soon as... Um, what's his face? Alfired. Alfired, yeah, he left. Another thing, uh, Peter Cech, um, formerly of uh, Chelsea and Arsenal, is uh, about to make his ice hockey um, pro debut... I read this. ...for Guildford <laughs> Phoenix yeah. uh, on the weekend. So uh, I don't know whether he has a background in that... Where he grew well, up. he always wears a helmet playing football, so it's just yeah, <laughs> natural it, progression, it, maybe. I don't know. Absolutely. <laughs> He's a big lad, isn't yet. he? Yeah. So, so, yeah. And so, yeah, that's in the English Ice Hockey Association League. So, it's the semi pro in, in the UK. I have no idea how they play that game on ice skates. I, I look at that and I'm in bewilderment when I watch it. We want to start a predictor game. And um, so each week, we'll pick out some of the more interesting games, maybe like six or so, I don't know. And we want to have a listen, our listeners represented. So each week, um, a, a new listener will predict against myself and Rod and see um, how uh, we fare throughout the season. So um, if you fancy doing that, 
uh, get in touch with us and uh, yeah we'll, we'll divvy out the different weeks and we'll get in touch with you via social media or even the emails which I've mentioned at the start of the show and I'm sure we can sort out some prizes from behind the bar <laughs> yes for winners there you go <laughs> wow. yeah. I just want to promote my new drink as well for the soccer mornings which is the cucumber sour larder Come down and have a drink. <laughs> yeah, quite right too. Any kind of snippets that you see of uh, like odds and ends of um, football, we would love to hear from you because I, I love all those things and it, sharing these things is, is a lot of fun. So uh, yeah, if you do see anything, just get in touch with us again. We are at Footy From Foot on all the social media outlets. So that's Twitter, Instagram and Facebook. And our email address is footyfromthefoot at gmail.com. All right, it's uh, it's a weird weekend, really, in terms of uh, forthcoming attractions. Mm-hmm. I think you just open regular kind of hours? Open at 9 o'clock on okay. Saturday, 10 o'clock Sunday. Yeah. Yada, yada, yada. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. Um, there are some being shown on regular networks and things like that, of these international games, but uh, it's probably best to uh, phone ahead if, uh, if you're looking out for a particular game this weekend. All right, I think that'll just about do it, really. Uh, I've already mentioned our social media things. Tell some friends if you've been enjoying the podcast. And as always, our thanks to David Sangster for our theme tune and the outro that you're about to hear. Give him a follow at 1in20parkinsons. Our thanks again to Luis for sharing his thoughts. Don't forget to get involved in the Bluefoot Thanksgiving food drive, which continues and will do for the next several weeks. Yeah, please bring your food or money. And uh, yeah, I'll post on our social media all of the ways that you can donate that Luis mentioned in our interview. All right. Thank you, dear listener. And uh, let's do this again next Thursday. Bye. Bye.